Ayo ma, what's poppin' baby? Welcome back to another episode of Remix. As always, I am your host, Sam Shipe, and today I am joined by... Uh, I'm William Zock. I, I, go, I go here. <laughs> That's right, he's a Ball State student studying... Uh, psychology, criminal justice, and creative writing. Alright. Full plate. Full plate. Alright, now I gotta ask, what's been on your playlist recently? What you been jamming out to? Uh, I've been listening to a lot of Girl in Red and Boy Pablo. It's very gay of you. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, obviously not as an insult, but, you know, Lady in Red or Girl in Red. Don't call her Lady in Red. Lady in Red, because <laughs> that I think that sounds better. I, think I know it's Girl in Red, but I think Lady in Red sounds a little nicer. I think Lady in Red sounds like a, like she's a ghost or something. Like I don't know. I don't know if you ever played, like, the Ghostbusters games, but there's the, the ghost in the library, and they call her, like, the Lady in something. But, like, Lady in Red, that's what I think of interesting okay i'll just call her girl in red um what's what's been like your favorite song of hers that you've been like like is there a song that's been on repeat or just like a couple or yeah, what's going for on for sure uh so there's one called summer depression which is just you know it, it's like it's just like the tiktok song that's like that blew up for her. um uh it just sounds good uh from boy pablo it's been feeling lonely uh he just dropped his first studio album back in like may and he just started releasing uh his music videos for it so yeah i saw that because i asked you about it <laughs> um liam's my roommate by the way for those of you listening we do um, live together we do happen to live together sometimes when i'm home that's true i'm <laughs> home all the time true um so today we're kind of trying to get into a little bit of a different topic for uh this podcast usually we talk about someone's new release or something about you know an award something attributed to something that's new or interesting in music, but this time we're kind of talking about something new slash interesting that affects the world of music, and that is the presence of uh, DNCA copyright finally catching up with Twitch. Um, so I brought Liam here because he's our resident Twitch expert. Uh, so he's going to kind of help us piece together what exactly this all means for the platform, what it means for um, the musicians on the other end, on the other end um, and just kind of what it all means. Yeah, so I, I don't know quite when it started, uh, the DMCA like stuff, but a lot of artists had come out and said, you know, uh, any Twitch uh, streamers can be free to use their music on the platform, but a, a tweet doesn't necessarily mean like legally that it's all clear. Um, basically, DMCA finally said, hey, there's these, like, hundreds and hundreds of Twitch streamers just using our music, uh, like, every day. There's, like, thousands of these violations happening all the time. And that's how, like, White Hill, we'll see, like, Congress, uh, like, judicial courts, um, basically, they're going to go after Twitch if they don't do something, and Twitch, you know, finally has to do something now because they're being forced to, um... A lot of artists, or not a lot of artists, a lot of streamers are taking down all of their clips and videos, and some of these streamers have been streaming on Twitch for 10 years now. That's literally thousands and thousands of hours of footage that's getting erased. Um, and it's just sad to see it all go because, you know, DMCA is refusing to uh, back down from this uh, court uh, situation that's going to be happening with Twitch, and... You know, you, to see, like, thousands of clips deleted that have brought so many people enjoyment, it's just tragic. Uh, it's not like their music is, like, what's making these streams special. It's the streamers themselves, and they just have the music on in the background because sometimes it's weird to just listen to people talk for an hour straight and then not hear anything in the background. <laughs> yeah, I think I walked in on you listening to a, or watching a stream. I think it was last night, and the streamer was just kind of sitting there eating a sandwich because he was waiting for something to happen. And it was just like, like I, I don't, I don't remember there being music in the background. If there was, it wasn't like super yeah. present. And that could be because of this, you know, yeah. recent development. It probably is. Um, if this sounds familiar to people, that like, um, if you if you've been on YouTube for a while, the same thing happened a couple years ago, and is still happening today. Mm -hmm. um, the reason that you don't hear about it as much anymore is because YouTube's kind of they've made their stance pretty definite about like what happens if you use copyrighted music that you don't have the license to use. And sometimes their algorithm even gets it wrong and you do have the right to use that music, but they'll still flag you for it anyway. Um, which, you know, of course we wanna respect the artists that made the music, it is theirs. 
Um, but at the same time, it is, it's something where if personally, I don't, I don't think that if you're using the music, not to just like stream the music, you know, like you're not using the music in a way that is detrimental. Like no one's going to your video to listen to that song. Right. Um, and I think that's the argument that a lot of YouTubers and streamers have is, you know, like I put it there because, you know, like Liam said, it fills the empty space of like, you know, sound. Um, and I think, I think that's valid, um, of course, but at the same time, at what point did the person buy the rights to the music or did they just stream it off of a free streaming service, which case then like, okay, the artist is still getting paid because they streamed it, but at the same time, you know, if your video racks up millions of views, then, you know, obviously someone's going to want to cut somewhere and where it may not be the artist, like Liam said, with like certain artists saying like, hey, Twitch streamers can just use my music because I don't care. A lot of times that's not actually the artist's decision. It's their label's decision. And if you know anything about labels, you know that they're bloodthirsty bastards and they really don't care about your feelings. They care about their bottom line, you know at the end of the day, a lot of them don't care about their artists, you know, like I would be, I wouldn't be surprised if one of these artists that was actually upset would be someone like Taylor Swift, you know, um, when she went after Spotify, um, things like that. I feel like there's a lot of artists like that who just want recognition at the very least, which I think that's fair. I think that if you use an artist's music in a video, you should have to like put them in the credits of the video, um, whether that's at the end of the video or below, like in the description. Uh, same thing with like a stream. I think, you know, giving a shout out to all the artists that um, you've streamed their music during your stream is like, you know, it's kind of the least you can do because they're providing you with, at this point, a free service. Um, but that's all a little bit too little too late. Yeah. Um, with DMCA coming in and be like, kind of, kind of in the same realm as the labels, you know, they don't care. At the end of the day, you're infringing on copyright and they're going to get you for it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, the difference in the Twitch and YouTube situation is that YouTube has had years to work on this problem. Uh, that It started probably, like, 2016. YouTube was up for so long before then and they were already dealing with uh, everything and they wrote their own uh, algorithm to deal with it in the first place. Uh, Twitch doesn't have that kind of time, which is why they're kind of saying, hey, you know, we're going to go through and we're going to do what we can with our bots for, like, catching stuff. But if we're not going to be able to catch everything, especially if you've been on the platform for years. Uh, so if you get DMCA strike, like, there's nothing we can really do for you. Um, and Twitch has kind of been notorious for a platform that's done nothing before. Uh, that's fair. Yeah. So it's very frightening for a lot of streamers. Um, I mean, some streamers saw this, like, miles ahead, and they make their Twitch content specifically to upload to YouTube. Uh, like Ludwig, uh, who I watch a lot, he has kind of crafted his music playlist around non-copyrighted stuff that's, like, very good. Um, like, Young Bay, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Yeah. Uh, he, Ludwig, like, pretty much blew him up in the first place with a lot of his songs just because they were, he was like, yeah, these aren't copyrighted, you know, that's just out there. And now he's obviously signed to a label, but um, it's just, Well, like, then you wonder, because now he is signed to a label... Oh, yeah. He worked. Yeah. Um, everyone he's blown up is, has basically, like, talked to their labels and, like, told him, like, all their music for him is, like, good to go. Yeah. Uh, like, he's free to use it. But, uh, like, other Twitch streamers, like, let's say XQC, who's, like, been the biggest streamer on the platform for a while now, he's, like, he streams uh, so many hours on Twitch that I'm sure some things have fallen through the cracks. And what happens when a 12-hour VOD's going to get deleted? You know, just because he played, like, an ACDC song or I just think it's very sad that this is happening and that DMCA is, this is the route they've decided to go. Rather than uh, working with Twitch, they're kind of working against them and making them do all the work. Yeah. Um, and obviously, it's, I think it's, it's similar to YouTube, obviously, because it's the same issue. But like you said... YouTube had all the time to write their own algorithm and their algorithm, if anyone was actually on YouTube at that time, remembers it wasn't perfect. Yeah. It was flagging people for covering their own songs, mm -hmm. um, things like that. 
um, which still happens, you know, like you play like four chords on a guitar in one of your videos, the algorithm might flag you for some song that uses those four acoustic chords, which is probably like 50 different songs. Yeah. Um, which is why like, you know, like YouTube videos like Smosh and people like them who do like live sketches, um, things like that, like they have like instruments for people to use as props. And every time a guest comes on, they probably, I think it's almost every time whenever a guest comes on, cause they try to like play something that like, may or may not be copyrighted so they just take that entire section out of the video or just drop the audio um just because youtube is so sensitive like i could make up a song and strum it out but that chord progression is not unique to me because there's no such thing as a new chord progression anymore and they're mm -hmm. gonna flag it um and then i'm gonna have to fight youtube by myself in order to get that ad revenue back and that's the other big thing is like um if it comes down to it with Twitch, not only is it gonna be similar because I feel like it might move in that direction where either Twitch is gonna do what they always do and take a step back and not do anything because that's what they're known for. Um, sadly, they don't really care about their creators because there's always more out there. Um, so they could just kind of leave them to their own, you know, like if the MCA wants to come after you, they're gonna come after you and we're not gonna do anything about it. Um, or it's going to be kind of like with YouTube where now streamers are going to have to walk on eggshells, but I don't see that happening anytime soon, even if Twitch does, because it is a different entity. YouTube at its core, like, yes, there's live streaming on YouTube, but YouTube at its core is a video streaming service. Those are videos. Um, writing an algorithm to, like, scan for music in a video that's already been put out is so much easier than catching someone live doing that. Um, and, you know, Twitch could try to do something with their bots or yeah. something like that. But at the same time, they're not going to be able to catch them until after the clip's uploaded. And then even then, that's up to the streamer as to whether or not they want to upload that clip to Twitch. You know, if they're smart, they could even just archive it on YouTube and not take the AdSense from YouTube because they're not going to get any with the copyrighted music. But at least they have an archive for people to watch and then they'll tune into the streams, which... Um, you know, a lot of my favorite streamers, I think they make a good amount of their money off of YouTube, just uploading like clips of their stream or archives of their stream. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, a lot of their revenue does come in strictly from what they get in donations while streaming. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, there's a couple problems with Twitch. It's that the first is that they're working for Twitch, not with Twitch. Like everybody you see, all your streamers, they're not working uh, like alongside Twitch, they're not collaborating with them. They are working for them, and they're very willing to let these empl employees basically go uh, to save the platform. And I think that's probably the smart business move. But, um, you know, in the eyes of a creator, if you're there and Twitch basically says you can probably you, you have like a couple options, you can delete all your all your footage or you could use our new uh, copyright free music streaming service that we just released alongside this announcement that DMCA is gonna come after us. Um, it's just very uh, a very tough situation to put all these streamers in. Um, and they weren't really offered another out because they were basically said, hey, this is happening soon within the next couple months. Uh, and that's not really a lot of time for all these streamers to just upload everything and save it. Um, you know, some are, have tried, but that's literally like dozens of terabytes of content that's just gone forever now. Uh, so, I mean, you can't really do much as a creator besides just either not delete anything and hope hope for the best or you do and you stay alive as a creator. Yeah. I mean, I personally feel more for like the streamers that this is their full time job, but they're not a huge streamer. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like. They make enough to get by, yeah, but like, they're they're not like like two thousand viewer Andy's who are just yeah. sitting there with like you know they have like what we'll say like uh, five hundred subs that's uh, twelve fifty a month from your subscribers and then that's around thirty k a year uh, and then you can do tax write offs and stuff too but uh, the streamers yeah. who just get by that's gonna who it hits the most yeah and like i'm not i'm not super worried about the slime sickles the call me carsons you know yeah. the pokemanes like they'll be fine if anything they could literally hire people to make music for them yeah um or just go up to like smaller artists like ludwig has done and be like hey if you let me stream your music 
on my on my streams, then like, you know, uh, of course I'll shout you out, and then that's what happens. Um, but with these streamers that you know, only two thousand subs or whatever, or like whatever happens, they they aren't making they're making basically a teacher salary. Yeah. Um, or less. But they're doing what they love. And yeah. That's good. And good for them. They're living their dream. They get to live financially independently, which is awesome um, in any regard. You know, I hope that for anyone that chooses to say screw it all and follow their dreams, you know, good for you. I'm glad you had the balls to go do it. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, Twitch is supposed to be like it is their it, Twitch is their boss at the end of the day. Um, and with YouTubers, it's a little bit different um, because they're not like affiliated with YouTube necessarily. Yeah. Like they have a channel on YouTube. I feel like there's a lot more but, red tape. Yeah. Um, so with Twitch, it's kind of like if your manager was just like, yeah, the health inspector's coming in, and we know that we just kind of like let you guys get by with, you know, not washing your hands or, you know, <laughs> not wearing hair nets, et cetera. Like, just like all these like malpractice things. Like, we just kind of let that slide. Um, but yeah, the health inspectors are coming in, and we told them that it's like all on you. So if they catch you doing something, they're just kind of allowed to fire you. That's just kind of what it feels like. Yeah, I mean, there, there's not much you can do. It's either you go down with the ship or you patch what holes you can and move on uh, to a new ship. Yeah, I uh, mean, and, and that's that's another thing is, like, Twitch was the ship that yeah. people jumped to. Like, a lot of YouTubers jumped to Twitch because of a lot of problems that YouTube had, not just I mean, um, I think it's also those copyrights. the smart decision financially because you're going to make – Theoretically, you could make more money on Twitch, uh, but it's very risky. <laughs> I think the smartest people are the ones that do both. Yeah, I mean, yeah, um, you sh uh, That's why I talked about Ludwig because he makes his Twitch content specifically around uploading a YouTube video, right? So yeah. he'll do like a, like a, like let's say like a Pokemon card unboxing, and he'll do like two hundred Pokemon cards, and you know, and then he only needs a ten minute clip out of those two hours mm -hmm. where he gets a really cool card and then he unboxes it and everybody flips, you know. Um it'd be the same thing with anything, like beating pogo stuck, uh, which is like one of the hardest it's like a it's like a, a getting over it, if you've ever heard of that. Yeah, it's it's a game that's supposed to be hard. Yeah, it's made it's not like Dark Souls or something like that. It's just like a fun little flash game almost. Um and it's intentionally designed to be hard and he could play that for like three weeks straight and then, you know, that's like a 30, 40 minute YouTube video that he just makes like, you know, 5,000 bucks off of. Yeah. Um, so it makes a lot of sense. And then, you know, we've talked about it kind of from the streamer side and kind of from Twitch side. And then um, I think we need to focus a little bit more because this is a music podcast <laughs> on the artists themselves. Um, you know, I feel as though a lot of artists don't care. Yeah. Um, for just, sure just because it's like, okay, well, they were streaming it from somewhere, so I'm still getting my buck at the end of the day. Or if it's a popular song, then it's yeah, I mean, someone that has more than enough money. Most of the time they play it off of YouTube, so there's not like they're not getting AdSense from it, yeah. um, which is crazy to think about that, the, that like, you know. Um, but And I'm sure if anyone likes the song on the stream, they're going to be like, hey, what's this song? Yeah, I and think then 10 other people can be like, oh, this is girl in red <laughs> yeah you know i think almost every t like top 50 streamer at least has like an exclamation point song and it just shows you what song's playing um i don't know i think there's a lot of things that are going to be happening in the next few months with twitch and it's either going to be like a sink or float kind of situation um i don't really see twitch bouncing back if they screw their creators uh, on this just because so many creators i think would leave the platform and start streaming on like facebook or youtube <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, YouTube streaming just kind of sounds weird yeah. uh, to anyone that's, like, but been like, a fan of either of Twitch or YouTube. Like, yeah. hearing YouTube streaming, like, even PewDie like PewDiePie's been doing it Oh yeah, well, um, I mean, like, to raise money for charity and the, stuff like that. The best example is um, The Doc. Like, he was streaming oh, on Twitch, true. and he was pulling, like, 30K every stream, and then he started streaming on YouTube, and now he's, like, 50, 60. Uh, so, like, he is doing so well for himself. But, like... Yeah. He also doesn't have to worry about the situation because he just makes his own music. <laughs> yeah, because I was just kind of like, I was I was like, what happens if you try to ditch Twitch? Like, where do you go? And I was like, you go back to I YouTube. guess you go back to YouTube. <laughs> um, I mean, it is kind of a back and forth thing. Like, there's pros and cons to both platforms, obviously. Um, you know, YouTube has their, you know, has a lot more red tape. They have a lot more what they do and don't allow as a platform. Um, 
which is essentially protecting themselves. It's the smart business decision. Um, whereas with Twitch, it's also a smart business decision, but a little bit more backhanded to the creators, um, you know, just to completely abandon them to not try to create an algorithm, to not try to like, you know, warn the creators to not work with, you know, DMCA to like, you know, yeah. not necessarily fight it because you can't fight it. Yeah. You know, like you're going to go to court and you're going to lose. Yeah. I mean, legally, they see this as hundreds and hundreds of people every day are streaming music for absolutely free. And that's a problem. And, uh, yeah. And it, it's copyrighted material yeah, um, that they're not getting credit for. Yeah. I mean, a copyright's a copyright. Yeah. Um, you know, you kind of you kind of have to respect it. I think the I mean, the root of the problem is like the laws that are written, but um, we can't fix those because we're not in office. <laughs> yeah. Um, and to an extent, I don't necessarily have a problem with them going after the money because yeah. um, I would do the same thing. You know, if I was that artist, you know, um, I mean, if I was super big and it was like I think I'd view it as kind of beneath me. But I think I would just give the ultimatum of just like, yeah, stream it. But like link to my music if you were like the a kanye west or like oh a Taylor my gosh Swift. i only dream <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i think if i was like at that level i feel like so little would just phase me yeah i mean like, you as have a so human. much money i feel like you don't need it but then again you talked about how it was like the labels right um yeah it's it's gonna be the labels because at the end of the day the artist doesn't have the rights to their music if yeah. they're under a contract which almost every big artist that you know of is under contract of some kind, whether it's uh, an album deal um, or a record deal, which is essentially they have to produce X number of records under that label before they can go anywhere. Like, let's say I'm under, like, Victory Records for a three-album deal, mm -hmm. you know, a three-LP deal, let's say. Yeah. I can still release EPs. I can't release another LP. Um, and they would probably put in fine print that I can't release EPs unless those songs are going on an LP, something like that. There's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of fine print that we could talk about, but at the end of the day, if I'm under Victory Records, and let's say I want to go under, I don't know, Hopeless Records, um, I have to wait until my three albums are done with Victory. Even if Hopeless is offering me like insane amounts of money, I have to stay with them unless I either make a deal with them or i can prove that it's a like it's an unlawful deal um which actually happens more than you would think um but that's also another reason that we don't hear about more artists because a lot of times record labels will snag people pick them up and then never promote their music like i know multiple people who've gotten like three five record deals right and they produce these these records and they you know they're on spotify but there's no advertising for them there's no push campaign for them it's all what they can do for themselves and like what are me and my homies in this band each of us have like 500 followers each you know and half of them are the same followers you know how am i supposed to promote myself when i thought that was what was going to happen when i got this label deal um and that can that that goes from like the lowest of the low record labels to you know like the highest of the high they will sign you and like i think a good a good example of this is um an artist called baby goth i don't know if you've heard of her um so a lot of people claim she was an industry plant she's not um i looked into it um but they thought she was because all of a sudden she just starts like popping off um she had like a, a song or two that just kind of came out of nowhere and all of a sudden she's working with wiz khalifa and it's just like well what do you expect when you're under the same label like you can get with <laughs> artists that are under that label, yeah. especially if that label's trying to push you, right? So the label, I forget which label she's under, um, but I think she's either just got out of her deal or is trying to get out of her deal, something to that extent. Um, she had a song on the Birds of Prey soundtrack. Um, so she's not a nobody. And yeah, she's, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty talented. Um, I like her voice. It's very, like, indie pop almost um like billy kind of stuff or like... no so like she can sing like billy okay. or like in that style but she kind of puts it more to like uh, it's kind of hard to like describe like it it's lord no <laughs> i think i think a healthy like in between of those two <laughs> okay um but also like a little bit more like clubbish like okay. um the songs themselves are not super deep um but they're just like fun to listen to and they get stuck in your head it's like dance music 
A little bit. I think some of her songs are definitely dance like music. Like Old LFMAO? Like no, 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 no. Like, not that hard. Okay. Like, much softer than that, but, okay. like, kind of like a... I don't know. Like, you're not, like, like stomping the dance floor, but, like, you're kind of grinding. You're moving your head. Yeah. You're moving okay. your head. You're kind of grinding, stuff like that. Um, that's kind of her vibe. But, you know, back to what I was kind of getting at with her deal here is um, after they did all this promotion for her, right, they get her this song... On the Birds of Prey soundtrack, that's a big deal because you know, like that's like a big movie. (laughs) Yeah, Birds of Prey was a huge movie, similar to like Suicide Squad. You know, that's like you know, and Twenty One Pilots. They didn't need to blow again, but they did with Heathens. Yeah. Um. So like that's definitely a possibility that happens when you get a song on a record like that. Um. So they like they push her, they push her, they push her, they push her, they push her. All of a sudden, they're just like, "Well, you're not as famous as we thought you'd be, so just." Just go sit in the corner. And that's pretty much what happened. Like, she basically got shelved. Damn, that Um, sucks. (laughs) Yeah, in the industry, a lot of times they say, like, that's when someone gets shelved. You know, you get put up on your shelf, and you had your five minutes of fame, or maybe you didn't, but the label's kind of done with you. Just become a Twitch streamer. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I think she could. I think, you know. I mean, Mia Malkovic did it. She's a porn star. Like, anybody can do it. (laughs) I mean, like, yeah, Baby Goth is also very attractive. Yeah, I mean, if you have any level of starting fame, becoming a Twitch streamer is so easy. I mean, didn't uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez do a Twitch stream for Among Us? Yeah, she had the largest Twitch stream of all time. That's... (laughs) I don't know if that's like I think she had good like or bad. 400,000 peak viewers or something crazy. That's insane. So yeah, for those of you out there, if you have a little bit of clout, I guess start Twitch streaming. Um maybe YouTube streaming, who knows. Maybe. Um that might be where people have to go. But yeah, so like that's the, like one example of like records just kind of shelving you. Um and a little bit of more proof that they really don't care about their artist. Unless True. like your best friend runs that label, which even if he does, he probably won't care. Because you will cost so much money for them to promote, um, so like you're, like they're thinking about this 100% business, and you're trying to bring humanity into it is not going to work. Those two things don't mix well, um, unless you want to start your own label, which it probably won't work out unless you already have clout, you already have success. You know, um, a lot of artists do that, and then they get you know, or they have their own sect of the, of a label. So, like, um, P. Diddy, he has Bad Boy Records, which is under Interscope. So, Interscope is the big label company, and then Bad Boy is under Interscope, um, and P. Diddy started that. You know, he had his clout. He signed, I forget, like, I think, honestly, the biggest artist he signed under that was uh, now Machine Gun Kelly. I'm sure others in that group were bigger, but as of recent, (laughs) not anymore. I was going to say, he's... He's big. He's big. He's big. He's big. Movie star. Movie star. <laughs> <laughs> Megan Fox. True. Um, but yeah, uh, so that's kind of like all we can really say about you know the DMCA because we don't know what Twitch is doing. They haven't said definitively uh, anything else that they're doing besides like maybe trying to help people with some bots. Um, but you know that's kind of what people that are used to Twitch expect from Twitch. Um, so. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some artists tweeting about it in the future, um, making a big deal of it. I don't think it's going to hit the news until, like, Probably something really months. big happens. Um, something big might not happen either because a lot of yeah. streamers are just preemptively deleting everything yeah. so they don't have to deal with it. Yeah, and I, honestly, I think that's the move. I um, think the smartest thing to do would just be, like, turn your VODs and clips off, at least right now. But, yeah, uh, and then just what I would whenever do. you can get to it and make sure that you're not going to get striked. Um, do that, but at the same time, you know, there's a lot of people that are really proud of what they've done, yeah. which they should be. Um, I don't want to strip them of those accomplishments, but at the same time, I'd rather you delete that clip of you, I don't know, beating the hardest game in the world in a speed run, or having a... Or, like, download it to your hard drive yeah. and then delete it. Something Just like, like that. Just, like, whatever you're doing, you know, I'm sure it was a big accomplishment, I'm sure you, like, it was really important to you, but at the same time, I'd rather you continue to be able to create whatever that is, whether you're a music streamer, gaming streamer, whatever it is. If you're following your dreams on that platform, go for it, but be careful. You know, be smart about it because... Don't drop out of college, become a Twitch streamer. <laughs> I mean, or do. I'm, I mean, don't do it unless you have, like, 
you should be setting goals and there's all kinds of stuff. I'm not going to get into that. This you should already have guess. some clout <laughs> before you drop. Yeah. Um, you know, like some of the biggest Twitch streamers out there, like they were in college when they got big and then that's when they dropped out. It wasn't like, I'm going to drop out to become a Twitch streamer. Yeah. Like whenever I, I hear someone talk about being a personality or being a YouTuber. Um, Don't like, quit what you're doing. Yeah. There's a, more often than not, you'll want to do it, and then you'll realize how much work it is, and then you stop doing it. I think that's true for a lot of people in the music industry, um, anyone that wants to be like a media personality. Um, a lot of times whenever like I talk to a kid or it, really anyone, and I ask them what they want to do, and they're like, I want to be a personality. I want to be a YouTuber. I'm like, be interesting first. Yeah. And that's not like that's not a diss, obviously. True. It's, you know, travel the world, you know, see things, do experience things. Yeah. Win a Fortnite World Championship. Win a Fortnite World 16. Championship. Um, like win three million dollars, one of the biggest payouts of all time. Then, yeah, just, then you can stream. Just drop out and just drop out and do Fortnite full time. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's I think that's the biggest takeaway from the podcast today. <laughs> uh, drop out, become a Fortnite uh, competitive player, and then you can stream it, and then you can, you can upload it. it to YouTube, and then boom. if you win three million dollars from a Fortnite tournament, you don't need to work for the rest of your life. True. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, to kind of rein that back in. Um, at the end of the day, we don't know what's going to happen. We hope it all works out for the streamers. I hope it works out for the artists as well. I want everyone to get their due credit. It is copyright after all. Um, you know, they make, they make art and they should be appreciated for it. Um, that's true. Yeah. Um, so at the end of that, um, since we still have some time left, me and Liam have prepared a short list of some artists that we think you should check out that you know, we think are a bit underrated, a bit under the radar. And, you know, my list stems from people that are, like, just under the radar to people that, like, who? Uh, <laughs> so I'll let him go ahead because I think his list is much more who. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, Boy Pablo is first on the list. Uh, he just released his first studio album uh, in, I think, May this year. Mm -hmm. uh, he's Scandinavian-Mexican. He's uh, really – he has a really interesting life, um, but – his music's very kind of like laid back, chill. It's the kind of like it's like TikTok music almost, but um, yeah, it's very um, it's kind of it's not quite lo-fi. Yeah, um, I would but say it's very it's, smooth. Yeah, it's step above lo-fi. Yeah, it's not like future funk or anything crazy. Um, yeah, I was listening to his music while I was just like walking through Walmart today, and I was like, his song "Mustache" came up. I don't know. I don't know why <laughs> I love that song. Yeah, um, he has some bangers for sure. Um, I've been listening to "Feeling Lonely." Mentioned that earlier. That's uh, a good one. It's very. I his music's just very um, up up my alley. It, I don't, you guys don't know me, obviously, but um, I'm pretty. It's very up his alley. <laughs> can vouch. Uh, I'm pretty laid back, and then when stuff like I find like people like Boy Pablo, I'm like, oh yes, my new artist that I can listen to. Yeah, because because um, uh, we got really into uh, Hobo Johnson. Yeah. Um, I'm still into Hobo Johnson. I'm still very into Hobo Johnson. He just hasn't released anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, he he's he's kind of he was kind of like he's on my list, but he's like on my list adjacent yeah. because I was like, we both love him, and I feel like he's been getting a lot more traction lately. Yeah. Um, because you know he had that one fake scandal. Yeah, that was um, crazy. That was crazy. <laughs> um, basically, shortened version: someone accused him of. Raping uh, her and giving yeah. her herpes. And, and he just didn't do it. <laughs> and he just um, didn't do it. <laughs> and then, you know, he was found innocent because, like, he didn't do it. Um, but it was it was definitely really wild for all of his fans because it's, like, that's, like, the last thing you would ever think for yeah. him to do. Well, I mean, like, he has a girlfriend who he's been dating for, like, the last two years now. And she said it would have been, like, right before they started dating, which, for my timeline, wouldn't have made sense. And this was also, like, he has songs on his albums about like specific people and it was also when he was fawning over these other girls and i was just like i just don't see him doing it yeah and I then mean, it his turns fans, out he didn't yeah his, <laughs> most of his fans really didn't believe it there were some people trying to cancel him because they just don't like him yeah um a well, lot of people a lot of people don't like him and it's for literally like they just i, th I think they don't know why they don't like him they yeah. just don't want to like him because like they say he makes music for incels yeah and i think I think if you listen to it without, like, actually paying attention to his words, because he's a very poetic musician, you know? Well, I mean, he's, he's, like, a sad boy rapper almost. Yeah. And it's um, just... And it's, like, and some of it's not really that sad. It's just, like, it's just that vibe, you yeah. know? It's it's very, like, windows up in the car. Not windows down in the car. No, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> Unless it's super cross-trek, the windows yeah, I mean, are up. He has some songs that go, like, that, like... That go bang, hard, but... But, like, it's, that's not his usual thing. Um, yeah, and it's, like... 
calling him an incel is like that just proves that you didn't listen to his music because his songs are like they're almost anti-incel songs. Yeah, I mean, they're about loving women and he hates himself and he just wishes he could get over this and you know, he's he's scared of dating these people because he doesn't know if he actually likes them or not. Um and I think a lot of people just assume that it's about him hating women pretty much. Uh, but it's like the exact opposite. <laughs> yeah, is that he loves women so much he hates himself. Me too, bud. That's <laughs> <laughs> a bad mood. It's another great takeaway for the podcast. Um, but yeah, uh, so he's one that we love. Um, I love all of his albums, even the one that he doesn't want you to find. Yeah, um, um, so he's which... released three albums. Uh, Hobo Johnson is 1997 Toyota Corolla. Uh, the Rise of Hobo Johnson and the Fall of Hobo Johnson. Um, yeah, and he doesn't want you to find the Hobo Johnson 1997 Toyota Corolla. Yeah. He's like, I, I think it's, it's one he of those things. He just hasn't uploaded it, but somebody like pretty much took his mixtape and uploaded it to YouTube. Yeah, and that's kind of messed up. Um, but at the same time, like I'm here for it because I want to listen to it. Yeah, but at I the same hear. time, he's, he's very, it's very much like as an artist, when you make something and then you get reminded of it like years down the line, it's not that you're embarrassed of it. It's just like you know that you're better than that now. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, you and I both write poetry. Yeah. You know, like if I saw something that I wrote in like high school, high school, school or something. Yeah. Like I'd be like, this is garbage. Yeah. Like what is every time, every time without fail. <laughs> um, and I think that's just kind of how he feels is, you know, he's he's done better than that. And I can confirm. Yeah. Um, so the first one on my list by myself. Um, oh, gosh. Which one do I want to say first? I'll say Whitney Payton. Um, if you listen to the previous episode, I mentioned her really quick when we were talking about um, female rappers that you should be listening to, basically instead of Cardi B. Thank um, you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that Whitney Payton is a really good starting rapper. Um, like I think, like if someone was just getting into rap, like who would you suggest for people? Um, there's like I think most people, a lot of most white people at least. Young um, Gravy. Young Gravy? <laughs> no. I think most white people would say something like Eminem because he is a really good starting rapper because he doesn't just talk about sex, drugs, and alcohol. Um, he talks about other things, and I think that's a lot more stomachable for people that aren't used to that type of music. Um, and Whitney Payton's very much the same way. Um, you know, she's a little white girl from, I think, like, Seattle. Um, I th- I'm pretty sure that's right. Um Fact check. Fact check. Thank you, fact check. Um, Philadelphia. Philadelphia, same thing. <laughs> Windy uh, city. <laughs> they're all cities that are windy. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, and, you know, she's she's very much, like, she doesn't try to front, like, you know, she had it harder than other people growing up. Like, she's very much, like, you know, I grew up pretty privileged, but at the same time, I love hip-hop, and I want to make this music. Um, she released, like, two albums this year. Um I think they're both pretty good. I think the album she released before that was a little bit weak sauce, but I think it was because she was trying to like set herself apart, um, get more attention from the media because she's gotten some, but not a lot. She's worked with um, artists like you know Jelly Roll and some people from the Insane Clown Posse, which like that doesn't mean a lot to a lot of people, but it means a lot to like hick rap listeners, rap lovers, and like some more white people, I guess. So I guess she's been working with more artists that white people listen to um but she's she's very much about putting on people beneath her which is really cool and she's also just like her wordplay is nice um yeah so go ahead and check out Whitney Payton check out your boy Pablo check out Hobo Johnson uh who's next on your list my guy uh I mean we can I got a couple um I got mom jeans oh mom jeans (laughs) I think mom jeans can be lost on a lot of people because a lot of their songs sound the same i think that's very true <laughs> but it's not that they like sound the same in the sense that it's like an ajr song you're like oh weak sounds the same as this other like 100 bad days um true. it's like the same themes you know and it's like it's just kind of party music mom jeans writes like i'm not gonna say sad boy music i'm uh, i'll say like it's hard hard to put a pin on it um you know it's just about like their lives uh they write music for themselves, not for, like, the listener. It can be hard to get into. What was that album, like, With the Buds or something like that? With the bros? Best Buds. Best Buds. There you go. <laughs> um, I was listening to that one today. Yeah. I'd recommend Death Cup. 
Edward Forty Hands. Edward Forty that's, Hands. That's that's my favorite personally. S- Scott Pilgrim versus my GPA. <laughs> um, there's a lot of good songs on it that are just that go. Yeah, we saw them live too. Yeah. Um, with Hobo Johnson, and they are both Hobo Johnson and Mom Jeans are awesome live. Yeah. You know, um, what was. Was it the his guitarist or the bassist? Yeah, <laughs> uh, his bassist. name was Sam. The bassist named Sam. He was like honestly the most entertaining performer of that yeah. night. Was Mom Jean's bassist? Yeah, he was, he was just a big dude named Sam, big, and he gave me a hug after the show. He's got like an afro, and it's he's so just funny. He's just rocking out. He's just he's just it's like it's obvious when you watch them perform that they love what they're doing, and they would be doing it even if they got no recognition. Yeah, even if they have like two people come to their garage concert they'd still do they'd it. still be they'd making still go music hard. yeah um and i think that's really admirable um yeah so what would you say like their vibe is though um i would say you're you know you're not sad but like you're not feeling the best and you just want something to listen to that matches your mood yeah it's not quite punk um like it's like it's bordering on edgy like i call it kind of veggie because it's kind of basic kind of edgy i think it's like it's not soft rock it's they have like a lot of rock themes for sure oh absolutely they um, love their telecasters yeah and i mean like that's fine and they it goes great and you can listen to an album all the way through and just think it's one song i think that's, that's the best way I yeah i think i think that's the best way to describe how their songs sound the same yeah because it's like i can tell when i'm listening to edward 40 hands and when i'm listening to one of their other songs clearly but if you listen like if from listen, front to back on the album yeah for sure. It just kind of sounds like they didn't stop playing. Yeah, it's almost like old. I don't know about old Pink Floyd, but Pink Floyd in general, where you could turn on an album and just like listen and then back you'd be to like, front. Yeah, yeah. Um, almost like a concept album, yeah. but it's not a concept album because yeah. they're not telling a story. <laughs> yeah. it just all sounds like it goes together really well. Yeah, one um, song starts and it's almost like the same guitar riff that you're like that's going into the next song. Yeah, so you don't quite know like, wait, did the song end yet? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so next on my list is going to be one that I think most people either haven't heard of. If they're not in the scene, um, then they definitely haven't heard of them. But there's kind of more of an alternative. Um, like If you really like Linkin Park, I think you'll love uh, this band called From Ashes to New. Um, they are very much like the spiritual successors to Linkin Park. Like I think um, it's very obvious. Like They have like that new metal rap with... Um, like, honestly, like, clean vocals that sound very nice. Um, they have another guy that does harsh vocals, but it's very rare. Um, and then they also have, like, some, like, techno or, like, electro um, vibes as well that they just kind of, like, infuse into their beats. Um, and it kind of, it's weird because it fuses the world of, like, rap, metal, and electronic, um, which sounds like it would suck, but it's actually pretty good. Um, I, I saw them live. They were part of my first concert. Um, their lead singer left a couple years ago. Um, the new guy is pretty good. Um, obviously I'm going to always yearn for my boy, but at the end of the day, they still make great music and I'm a big fan of genre bending. Like, I don't think they're, I don't think you should like gatekeep a genre kind of like with Lil Nas X. The Avatar. The Avatar. Master of all four genres. (laughs) (laughs) Because there's only four. Um... But no, like like when uh, Billboard tried to like gatekeep country music from Lil Nas X on Old Town Road. Oh, true. <laughs> um, yeah, it's I don't I don't believe that you know you should be gatekeeping genres from people just because it doesn't sound like how the genre has usually sounded. I mean, I think you could argue Rodeo is also a country song. Rodeo is definitely a country song. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. Um, Cardi B ruined that song too. We talked about that last time. Yeah. Um, Nas kind of saved it though. Good for him. Good for him. Um. <laughs> But yeah, so from Ashes to New, check them out. Um, their album My Fight, um, or is an EP, I think, and then they had the full album Day One. Both are fire. Um, yeah, go ahead and check them out if you're into that kind of stuff. If you miss Chester Bennington and love Lincoln Park, then yeah, that's like the next step, I guess. So he's next on my boys list. Uh, I didn't mention this to Sam, but then I just thought of it. Um... <laughs> There's a YouTuber named Wilbur Soot who actually makes music and just doesn't promote it. <laughs> um, like, I was on, I just came up on my Spotify, Discover Weekly, which is how I listen to a lot of music because I just listen to, like, so much stuff at this point. But uh, it came up, and I was like, wait, this is Wilbur. And then I went to his YouTube, and it just wasn't on it. And I went to his Twitter, and he just didn't talk about it. 
and he just released this album on Spotify, and I just listened to all the songs, and I was like, this is great. Um, it's very, like, a, it's like a step away from, like, his kind of meme music, which is, like, I'm in love with an e-girl type stuff. Um, <laughs> Karen, I, I took the kids or whatever. Uh, it's very... Um, I, I listen to a lot of sad music, which is what I'm discovering. But it's it doesn't make me sad. I think they're they just are good songs. I'm very uh, lyrically like minded. Same. Um, so like when I listen to songs, I'm usually listening for like lyrics. And uh, if a song's about nothing, then I'm just <laughs> kind of like sitting on my ass. Um, but like when uh, like Hundred Bad Days came out by Jr. Mm-hmm. I was like, this sucks. But then when he they released Dear Winter, I was like, this bangs. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, so polar opposite of like every other AJR fan I've ever met. Uh, well, like like Dear Winter is such a is such a sweet song. You know, it's about like no, wanting, it's a good song. Like I'm wanting to meet his daughter, yeah. and like uh, that's the kind of music I like. Like you know, I'm I'm there for lyrics and hearing artists express emotion rather than just like. Here's my new song. Uh, <laughs> play it at your parties and get me a million bucks. <laughs> um, I mean, that's what kind of what I mean. Wilbur released this album. Um, it's got like a bunch of songs on it. I'm sorry, Boris uh, is my favorite off the album. Um, they're all just kind of addressed to. We don't really know who they're addressed to. Theoretically, it could be like Nina Chu, which is like his girl. That is a friend. We don't really know his person. They won't. They won't confirm anything. But um, it's about leaving and like, just in general, uh, the idea of having to leave things behind, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's English. Yeah. He still he keeps uh, his accent in his song, uh, which is like, <laughs> I don't know, which is a little different. Yeah. Because most English artists sing American. And they sing American <laughs> for mass appeal. Um, like, yeah, that that's very true. I mean, like Adele. I mean, there's also <laughs> artists that like adopt an accent on accident. That's true. Um, like a lot of punk bands, they wind up sounding British, which makes sense a lot of the time when you think about oh, it because <laughs> small <thanks>. things. Uh, <laughs> hope we don't get flagged by Twitch. Um, but then there's a uh, you know because the punk movement got started literally like if you trace it back, it got it started at the same time in both the U.S. and Britain for completely different reasons. Um, but Britain's punk scene was way cooler in the early days. I can't act like it's not. So a lot of early American punk artists got were influenced by yeah, like sure. the Sex Pistols and related artists, kind of like Green Day. Yeah. Um, on a lot of their early tracks, it's like, are these guys British? Like, and in reality, that's just how old punk kind of sounds. Like, it's yeah. the enunciation or lack thereof um, that kind of leans it to it. Like, I thought Green Day was British for like the first two years that I listened to them, and then I was like, oh. I'm very wrong. <laughs> like, not only am I wrong, I'm dead wrong. Happens. Um, it happens. Happens to the best of us and me. Wasn't Green Day's new album, like, awful? Revolution Radio? Wasn't there, like, their newest one? Wasn't it bad? Um, I thought that was, like, the big thing. Unless they it. released a new one that I didn't hear about, no. I, th- um, I thought their music just wasn't good anymore. <laughs> incorrect, sir. I will defend Green Day to my dying day. Hold on. Um, their latest release like, is a single. It would have been in like 2018 or 2016. Oh, 2020. Because 2016 was Revolution Radio. And yeah, that's I like. I heard that was bad. You were, they, <laughs> were, they told you wrong. There were multiple songs off that that got played on. They got a lot of radio play. That doesn't make the songs good. But um, I think it shows they had more mass appeal. Which to some people that are like true punk purists, they hate that. But yeah. to people like me, I don't really care. That's my brother. Um, well, your my brother's brother, like metal punk kind of person and that's well, all he listens to. That's valid <laughs> and I listen to a lot of that stuff too, but I kind of feel like that's a bit of a gatekeeping attitude when it comes to music. Uh because like I'm not defending him. I'm just yeah, saying I'm not that's saying probably why this, yeah, he that's told me fair. it was awful. <laughs> but no, Revolution Radio is pretty good. Um I'm not really promoting that right now as much as I'm promoting these other artists cuz yeah, yeah, Green yeah, Day is yeah, doing yeah. just fine. Yeah, 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 other artists uh, my bad, my bad. Yeah, no, you're good, you're good. Um that's valid. Call me out if you feel the need. Uh, I just didn't know like did they drop an album that I wasn't aware of? Um but they did drop Father of All, which like isn't really an album. And it almost felt kind of pretentious. Um because it was just kind of like, yeah, we are the reason that all these like pop punk and like new punk bands are a thing, which it's it's true. That is true. But at the same time, it's it's kind of pretentious. It's kind of annoying. 
Um, also, the songs weren't that good. Like, I had multiple friends text me, like, the day it came out, and I was like, I'm not even excited to listen to this. <laughs> um, like, they had a lot of potential to do as good as, like, Revolution Radio, but I don't know. I feel like they were... They also do things for memes a lot, so it could have just been that. Um, it happens. They have a lot of, like, secret tracks on their albums where it's just literally their drummer, like, talking about sitting in a room all by himself and then just masturbating. <laughs> Because funny. Love to hear it. <laughs> Love to hear it. Um, That's like rap interludes almost. <laughs> yeah, when they have like the the interlude tracks on their albums. Yeah. Where they're just basically skits. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really. Uh, but I guess my next artist, um, if you're on TikTok at all, um, you've probably heard this guy. Um, his name's Jarris Johnson. Um, he only has like two songs on Spotify. Um, and one of them is went TikTok viral. It's called Damn, with an exclamation point. Um, like, if you know, like, there's, like, a trap beat banjo sound that people used a lot. Um, and then he freestyled over it, and people just blew him up. Um, and so he dropped that on Spotify and as a sound on TikTok, and people have been using it all the time. Um, but I'm more interested in the stuff that isn't on Spotify, because, like, that's a good song. Um, but at the same time, he, so he, he, um, someone commented something where like, he looked like Kurt Cobain. So he made a video in response saying, you know, why does everyone say that? Yada, yada, like kind of ironically. Cause like, he looks a lot like a young Kurt Cobain, especially when he does like his middle part, um, which anyone with blonde hair and does a middle part and is like kind of scrawny. Like they look like Kurt Cobain. That's why I'm going as Kurt Cobain for Halloween. Um, cringe. <laughs> hey it's post last year i went as kurt cobain pre-courtney love this year i'm going post courtney love and i'm having uh someone put like fx makeup with the shotgun blast which is insensitive i know but i don't care um i, I think it's funny <laughs> i think it's really i think it's really funny uh because courtney a, killed kurt you can't convince me otherwise i don't think it's insensitive it's been yeah. like what how long has it been i don't even know man <laughs> like, i was listening to nirvana the other day and i was like man it's been a minute <laughs> um but yeah, Courtney Kill Curry, you can't convince me otherwise. But Jarris Johnson, the guy I'm talking about. Yeah. Um he No relation to Gus or Spend Johnson. No relation who no both relation make music. who also make music, yeah. No relation to them that I know of. Yeah. Um he could be like a second cousin. Well they have a third brother who has blonde hair and I thought it was him. Maybe <laughs> it's, it's, you know it's what? not. <laughs> it's not, but like I don't know. Maybe they have a fourth brother that they don't maybe know they, about. Maybe they do. Um but Jarris Johnson, he did a cover it started out as a cover of um Smells Like Teen Spirit, which, um, you know, everyone knows that guitar lick. It's a classic. Liam's headbanging thinking about it because that's the appropriate response. Um, but I think he, like, shares a birthday with Kurt and, like, something else that was also relevant. So he posted that video. Reincarnated? With, I th like, a lot of people actually think so. Um, I think that's pretty funny. Um, and so, like, he starts, like, playing the riff and he gives it his own vibe, right? So he kind of... His vibe, I would say, is, like, if you took grunge and kind of, like, threw trap at it, but it worked. Because, like, a lot of people don't think that grunge goes with a lot of things. And I got to say, I agree. Uh, it doesn't, like, I'm not, like, I'm the it's one not that the just said I was that, ready for. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were like, going to say something else. No, I mean, I'm, I'm usually the one that's, like, there's no such thing as barriers between genres. But at the same time, grunge doesn't lend itself well to other genres. Um, like elements of grunge have made it into other genres, but grunge in and of itself is kind of its own thing. Like, you know, you have your Pearl Jams, you have your Nirvanas, um, the classics from the Northwest. But that being said, he mixes it very well because he starts out with uh, the chorus of Smells Like Teen Spirit. And then once he gets to, I think it's a mulatto, he stops and just freestyles over it. And he just kind of goes off. And it goes pretty hard. Um, and then he did the same thing with Last Resort by Papa Roach, um, which everyone knows because yeah. middle school. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's that classic edgy song that just kind of goes hard. And he covered it, and um, I think he's trying to get a Papa Roach feature on it, actually. That'd be um, crazy. Yeah, but both of those are up on his YouTube channel because he can't put them on Spotify. If you got a Kurt Cobain feature. <laughs> <laughs> From the grave. <laughs> just like, hey, guys, this is my grave. dad. And then Kurt Cobain just walks in. It's like, I got you guys. Ah. 
that. I just want sounds of like him like ASMR of grave scratching. <laughs> Jesus, dude. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's like, I can't I can't be mad because I'm laughing, but like I don't know if I should be. Um, but yeah, yeah you so cut that, you cut it out. I'm not right. cutting it out. It's going in there. Uh, this is gonna follow us to our graves. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> Wouldn't have it either way. <laughs> but yeah, so he's very much like almost like a spiritual successor to the grunge wave of the '90s. Um, like if grunge had evolved in the same way that a lot of other genres have evolved, like how country has now evolved to like have elements of hip hop or even, you know, go trap, things like that. It's like grunge if it allowed itself to evolve. Because I feel like grunge and punk are both um, genres that are gatekept by the community that holds them dear. And I love the passion, but I I don't know. I think that that's, one, that's super toxic in general. That's sus, bro. It's very sus, red Vote sus, out. vote them out. Um, but, you know, like, that's that's just kind of messed up because it, it hinders creativity, you know? You don't know if this new genre is going to be amazing until someone makes it, right? True. Um, like, pop punk initially got so much hate from the punk community, and now, like, everyone that claimed to be a punk in middle or high school, they probably bang pop punk. Um, you know, and that's fine, you know? Billy Joe Armstrong, lead singer of Green Day, was like, pop punk straight up doesn't make sense because pop is, like the polar opposite of what punk is supposed to be and i don't disagree um but when you look at it on just like just from like the music tendencies and not like as an ideal then it can be great like i think five seconds of summer who i don't think are pop punk um but they have a lot of pop punk influences obviously yeah um chain smokers are very much not they're very dance musicy um they have some songs that are very punkish they think they definitely have punk influence, but um, I wouldn't say they're full pop punk. For no, sure. I um, think they have. I'd say that I think being influenced would be yeah. better. Um, but yeah, and then like Five Seconds of Summer was just like Green Day, you're our dads, and Green Day was like, "What? Excuse you?" And then they were like, "Yeah, you're our dads," and then Green Day was like, "I guess." I guess. <laughs> and we'll talk to you. Yeah, and then I think after that was when um, Billy Joe and like a lot of uh, punk purists kind of softened to it. Um, and also for Billy Joe to even, like, try to gatekeep that kind of stuff is kind of insane, considering that, like, his band is what's referred to as, like, one of the first bands to do pop punk. Like, yeah, Green Day and Blink-182, sure. like, these, those are bands that, like, purists will only listen to, like, their first two albums, but people that, like, don't suck will listen to everything that they put out, and, like, it's just kind of an evolution of, like, yeah, it was just punk, right? And then it kind of became its own thing and you can be mad that it's called pop punk but you know if it wasn't called pop punk it'd be called something else and it still exists and still slap how did we get on this tangent what band were we talking about talking about (laughs) jaris johnson jaris johnson Uh, yeah so again i'm trying to bring more awareness to people that are breaking down the barriers of um genres which you know i don't i'm not going to go so far as to say genres shouldn't exist because I think it's helpful for people to know what they like and can quick search, kind of like having any identity does. You disagree? You think no genres? Anarchy. Anarchy. <laughs> music is just music. True. If you click shuffle ever, there should be like a chance that like Beethoven's fourth comes up. Hey, I got or Be- WAP. Hey, I got Beethoven and WAP on my playlist. All I'm gonna say. I know you do, <laughs> but most people don't. Most normal people don't just have like a 700 song playlist that they only listen to. That is so true. <laughs> so like, like just I just know that because when you left the other day, um, so he played music for his dog, yeah. um, when he left, and I was sitting out in the living room so I could hear the music. Um, and like, I had my own earbuds in, so like it's not like I was upset because I wasn't because I would have told him to knock it off. Yeah, I could have just hit pause. <laughs> um, but I was just kind of like every now and then I'd like either my song would be changing or I'd like take my earbud out and I would listen. I'd be like, "What? <laughs> you can't just okay? Wh- no, just knock it off. Like just stop. Like like stop, bro. Stop. Stop tasing me, bro." I go from. Billie Eilish to uh, who's a who's a good opposite of Billie? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> and like I don't even want like I don't know. I really don't know who the opposite like because like I don't think about genres that way. 
uh, um, but like you just pick out like two random songs off your playlist, and it's it's gonna be something wild. I go from "I'm Not Racist" by Joyner Lucas to "Your Text" by Sundial. I think that's a pretty good polar opposition, <laughs> like opposition. I don't know what the word is. Um, I'm not an English major. Roxanne by the Police to Found Tonight, uh, Ben Platt, Lin Manuel Miranda. That's fair. <laughs> Roxanne by the Police and Roxanne by Arizona Montes. I have both of those on here. I mean, I just want someone to make a real good mashup of those. Um, um, Rumi did a mashup. I just didn't did? think it was good. Uh, I think I think I listened to it and I also didn't think it was good. I think he just didn't do it right. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think, think he has I think fine the potential vocals. is there, and Rumi is not. Rumi is a music artist on YouTube. Um, he uses a lot of auto tune, but he doesn't hide behind it, so it's fine. Yeah, um, he has a fine voice. Yeah. Um, so at the end of the day, like, eh, you know, we're just talking about wanting Roxanne, but both versions in one. Also, if any of you voice. have dogs, make sure you turn on a TV or music when you leave because they get stressed out when you're not around, and having audio input will really help them, especially if they hear a lot of cars. And since this is a music podcast, I feel that was Thank appropriate to Thank you, and to welcome address. to the dog podcast, <laughs> uh, the dog cast. Um, but yeah, that's going to be pretty much it for our time today. Uh, thank you all for listening and tuning in. Make sure you like, make sure you follow. Uh, make sure you give us some feedback, you know, if you see anything about uh, Remixed on Bytes Twitter or anywhere, you know, just reach out, you know. Let us know that you're enjoying it, what you think we can improve on, what you want to see. Um, I'd love feedback. Um, but thanks for coming, Liam. Yeah, follow me at, at underscore pandas on ice everywhere. That's P-A-N-D-A-S-O-N-I-C-E. We love a good shameless plug. All right. Thank you guys for listening, and tune in next time for the next episode of Remixed.